0: Welcome to Lynn Cullen
1: Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen.
2: And welcome. It's March 3rd, 2021. Things are looking up. The sky is blue. The sun is out. The thermometer is going up. And I think Ryan Dito's on the line.
1: Ryan? I am. Hello. Hello. Good for you.
2: I always think of you as fashionably late, but you're <laughs> on time.
1: I <Yeah>, usually am. Yeah.
2: <laughs> well, good. Thank you. So you've been a busy guy, and I've been thinking that I have not been spending enough uh, of our time on the show uh, talking about uh, local uh, issues. So uh, okay. in, comes, in comes Ryan to uh, give us uh, some sense of some of what's uh, going on. I'm, you know, it's hard for me to believe. So there's there's an election coming up in a few months. Yeah, pretty. right.
1: Yeah, I think I think you can already <laughs> apply for mail-in ballots if you want.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I actually uh, already have.
1: So that's
2: know. yeah, that's coming up, and that's the primary in May, right? Right. Um, right. In that primary. <laughs> the the mayor will be on the ballot am i correct
1: yes and and because this is a odd number year in pennsylvania um uh and we live in a democratically dominated uh, city and county really um the primary is uh probably the more the more important of the um elections uh than the general this year so uh that's something that pennsylvanians need to grapple with i guess is that Odd number of years, uh, you know, the uh, primary tends to decide more of the election than the general does. Even though the general does decide, uh, like judges and stuff like that. But um, for 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 mayor, for city council, for uh, a lot of a lot of elections, uh, it, it yeah. pretty much is pretty much the primary. That's Ooh. the important one.
2: That's because uh, it's who wins the Democratic primary is going exactly. to be the winner. It it took right. me just one election cycle after moving here uh, to figure that out because um, I was registered to vote, but registered as uh-huh. an independent. And uh, uh, wow, I thought, wait, wait, wait a minute. I never yeah, felt you probably didn't so, have a
1: say. <laughs> no,
2: I never felt so disenfranchised in my life. I thought, well, this is yeah. odd. I yeah. mean, it happens in the primary. So, uh, all right. So on that Democratic uh, mayoral race, uh, yeah. I think it's it's very interesting. You've got Bill Peduto running yep. for his third?
1: third third term. Yep. Okay, yep.
2: third term, um, and he has challengers in the on the yep. Democratic uh, side, yep. and. Uh, what always happens, though, here in these primaries, and I remember watching it play out when, uh, when then Mayor Maslow uh, abs- absolutely freaked everybody out by winning that particular uh-huh. mayoral primary when no one thought she had a chance, but it was because she had too many challengers. They all split yeah. the votes up, and she won. Right. Um, as, so what are the my first question is, what are the challengers thinking when they
0: jump into the race?
2: The first challenger was uh Ed Gainey, right?
1: No, I think he might have been actually one of the last, actually. But well, uh, how many
2: are yeah. there? And I don't even know yeah. how
1: many there are. So, so uh, I believe that there are four, maybe five technically oh, challengers. Yeah regardless like of too. whether you know <laughs> how many of those actually appear on the ballot you know if they don't get all their petitions in, that's kind of step 1 right is like making sure uh-huh. you get these signatures and they are legitimate and then you can actually get on the ballot yeah. um so uh what i've heard is that there are probably four that will four i mean four could be five that i think appear on the ballot uh the first one to run was actually my man, Tony Moreno, who is Oh, a, is
2: he the first? Really? Yeah, he
1: actually declared in two thousand nineteen, oddly enough. Um and uh he's an ex cop, ex Pittsburgh police officer, um, who uh lives in Brighton Heights and he has been extremely critical of the mayor, probably from more of a conservative angle, uh, than a, than a left uh angle. And uh he declared in 2019, basically announced, "I'm going to run." And uh, after that, there were a few other challengers that 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 are a lot less known. I believe one of them is named Will Parker, um, and then I think another one is named Michael Thompson or Thomas. Uh, oh,
0: okay. Either way, well, so, they're yeah, they're,
1: they're, they're yeah, out. they're probably like I
3: mean...
1: yeah to be yeah to be perfectly fair. I think I think the <laughs> I think the real the real challengers of this race, and then of course. Um, when Ed Gainey announced who's a who's a state rep, uh, uh, and he's uh, in the East End, and he lives in Lincoln, Leamington and he's been a long time progressive, long time um, voice at a lot of uh, left uh, events, rallies, uh, protests, the Black Lives Matter movement. He's he's black himself, and um, you know he when he put his name in the race, it was kind of like, oh, we have a real race now, but uh, in all of that thing, I think a lot of us in the, in the media and probably in the whole world, um in, in the whole, you know, Pittsburgh political world kind of shrugged off Tony Moreno too, but apparently he seems to be having a decent amount of support among some, uh, Democrats. I, I would argue oh. conservative Democrats. Um, so I think it's kind of a three way race right now. I don't okay. really think Tony has a shot to win, but, um, he kind Let's of, he makes it, the race more can, interesting. He,
2: you know what he can do? He can scuttle, uh, 80s shot again,
1: right? But this is what's interesting is that I'm I'm not sure what exactly is going to happen in terms of who's going to take who from what. Because you're right to like reference the Maslov race because you had a lot of candidates and you had a lot more candidates who were probably seen as more legitimate. And so you did you split the vote. Maslow prevails, right? Um, Kind of a similar thing happened when um, when, um, when Natalia Rudiak ran for city council and uh they, that was a three-way race in a in a probably the most conservative district in the city and then she a progressive was able to actually win because the conservatives split the vote and then she was able to win with a plurality um uh and so I, but yeah, yeah I'm sorry go ahead
2: I want to talk about this Tony it's Tony Moreno is how it's pronounced yeah. not yeah, Moreno
0: Moreno I'm okay. not sure actually
2: Oh okay well Tony the ex cop yeah. Has never run for political office, right?
1: No. No, no. He served as a uh, he served in the police force for a pretty long time I think as a detective and um he uh he grew up in California like me. Uh <laughs> and uh um, came over here I think uh with his wife or something like that and uh went there for a while and then yeah, he just kind of out of nowhere kind of decided okay. like I said very very early that he was going to run for mayor.
2: So here's what I want to know. My understanding from your reporting Mm -hmm. is that this Tony Moreno or Marino, is, uh, you know, is out there on social media or something. And um, I read some of what uh, City Paper printed that had come directly from his social media. And good God in heaven. I mean, I just I wrote down. Just one line he okay. was rhapsodizing this is a, a Democrat running for the yeah. mayor of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. He was rhapsodizing about one Donald Trump, and he <laughs> said he said quote, "He speaks for me
0: yeah that's that's the one that's okay. the one I would pick too
2: well, I gotta tell you. What the you fill in the rest?
0: Are you right.
2: kidding me? How is this a Democrat? And how did I then <laughs> see a picture, also in city paper, of this Trump loving guy yeah. with um the head of the Democratic, Allegheny County Democratic Committee?
1: The city, the city one. So he's the head of the city. The the, city
2: Democratic Committee, right.
1: Committee within the larger Allegheny County
2: Committee. All right. He's a mere city head of a Democratic (laughs) Committee.
1: Right. Which (laughs) is really all that matters because he's only running for mayor. Yeah, for mayor.
2: One Kevin Quigley. And it's a picture of Kevin Quigley and the Trump-loving Tony Moreno. Cheek to jowl, both (laughs) wearing Tony Marino for mayor hats, like MAGA hats. They might even have been red.
1: Masks, 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 not masks. They're wearing masks.
2: Oh, masks. Oh, you're right. They were masks. Okay, you're right. Masks.
1: Good for that.
0: What
2: is, I mean, I'm imagining me, you know, 40 some years ago, over 45 years ago, coming to Pittsburgh. And as a reporter sort of following this and then begging somebody like Ryan Dito, will you explain <laughs> this to me? What the hell? Yeah,
1: sure. Yeah. So, um, what the yeah, Tony hell? Moreno. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean this, is, this, is, me? this is, this is, oh. this is, this is small time politics in, in, in Pittsburgh. This is once you get out of like, um, any kind of federal office or any kind of really large office, this kind of stuff happens sometimes, you know. Um, it, it's it's uh, it's you know Pittsburgh's a weird area. There's a lot of Trump support here, even among Democrats. I mean, in the right, in right, this right. committee, so I'm, in this committee, there are Trump supporters, and I've written about. Okay, that now
2: that's right there. Stop. Okay. Yeah. In there are Trump supporters sitting on the. City and probably county, certainly, and county, democrat, yeah, democratic committees. Now, yes. I ask you, how is that allowed? Secondarily, it's not. <laughs> who is, well, who, I mean, gee whiz, I have said since I moved here, I was stunned by what. Democrats were here, I said right. that's not a Democrat, that's a republican i right. i so let's be clear when we say pittsburgh's so d- heavily Democrat, it
0: is right.
2: Democrats who, for some reason, are too stupid to know they are dyed in the wool republicans
1: right it, it It's kind of a legacy thing, I think, especially in the especially when you get to the counties outside of Allegheny. There's still a lot of Democrats, um, but it's a, it's a legacy Democrat. It's a, or, you know, it's, it's, a, a, union it's a
2: labor, right. it's a blue collar yes. Democrat. It's
1: basically it, a, like a, like, it's like the legacy of the new deal, basically, because like the new deal did so much, um, ha- like help and work for Western Pennsylvania, including, including creating towns basically. Uh, I think there there's a few towns in Westmoreland County that were just created because of the new deal, um. And that was obviously a Democratic initiative, started by FDR, and, and, and it just and it, it it gave Democrats power for decades, you know. And that's and and that why was a especially lot of Black strong. people,
2: wait a minute, you know, what, this is another thing. It's why a lot of Black people, Ryan, continue voting uh, voting uh, for Republicans, uh, merely because uh, Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Right. Now, I'm not kidding. For a long right. time, the Republicans had the Black vote because because right. of that.
1: Right. Right. Well, and also, you know, the, I mean, you know, also the New Deal was like really exclusionary. So it's mostly for white people. But, <laughs> that too. Exactly but uh, yeah, uh, but but yeah, so we so, you know, we have that legacy. And so the Allegheny County Democratic Committee is kind of like a little microcosm of that legacy. So whereas the Democratic Party at large in Pittsburgh and in Allegheny County is more of what you would expect the democratic party to be nationally they support uh lgbtq rights they support uh immigration reform they support fifteen dollars an hour minimum wage like i mean like all 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 of it you know but and they obviously do
2: not support
1: and they don't support Trump. okay but but you know the committee itself is is also kind of a legacy thing has a lot of older members uh, it has a lot of members that um, – it just became – because it was so powerful for so long, it became like a social club kind of. And okay, at why why don't people young women, inside the committee why, tell me.
2: Ryan, why yeah. don't young uh, progressive or just yeah. real
1: Democrats
2: get on that goddamn committee?
0: Right.
1: <laughs> so they are, but, like, but you have to remember is that um, – yeah, they are. Like, you know, Bethany Howland's on the committee and she's been... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, How you know, do you get on? You know, what do you... you... have to be appointed or elected, actually. And you can only be elected every two years. So, or every four years, maybe, actually. And so that's another issue cool. is that it's kind of hard to convince people to get on because they have to run and they have to get on. And so um, in 2022 will be the next opportunity for people to get onto the Allegheny County um, you know, Democratic Committee. But you have to run. Now, there are a lot of vacancies. So in some areas, it'll be really easy. You just basically, like, just get the get the few petitions you need and then get your name on the ballot. And then you're going to be the only person on the ballot, probably. So you're going to get on the committee. But in other areas, yeah. it's a little harder and more competitive because the committee is already has have members. And you have to try to, to out those members. you how
2: many members there are on this damn committee?
1: I believe there are at least, a th- like, thousands, I think. Um oh. they're supposed to be like thousands. Um, yeah. Okay. I think there's probably right. uh, maybe hundreds because there's so many vacancies, yes. but there's a potential to be like uh a lot more. Um because every bur like every every ward has members basically. And so Okay. Um there's a lot there's a lot of wards in the country. I want and, I want you
2: to w I'm sorry, Ryan, I keep interrupting you because yes. I, this is making me insane. I may I just um ask you a question or I'm going to jump into Mm -hmm. a little different thing. I have heard, correct me if I'm wrong, that the incumbent mayor of Pittsburgh, the internationally well-regarded Bill Peduto, is not seeking the endorsement of this incredible committee, Right, but rumor has it that he is pushing for the committee to endorse Trump loving Tony Moreno. <laughs> right.
1: so, is that correct? So this is like, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I I I've heard those rumors as well. I've never I haven't confirmed them. I believe Chris Potter uh, um put those out there on the internet uh, as well those rumors that he hasn't also been able to like first person confirm. But I've heard those rumors as well. So it's not totally out of the blue. Um but what's interesting about that is so because the committee uh, has kind of really fallen out of favor because of uh, like because of the Trump support within the committee because of the disaster that happened with Heather Caff, a state rep that was also openly supporting Trump at one point um, that actually won Lumber the Lee, endorsement. Yeah, yeah, that she actually won the endorsement. She did not win the election, but she won the endorsement yeah. from the committee yeah. and. And so uh it's been a lot especially this year, it's been really invoked for a lot of Democrats to say, I'm not even seeking the committee. One, it costs a lot of money. Uh, you know, it can cost like for a countywide rates, race it costs like eight grand just to submit what do you mean? to try to get the endorsement. They have to pay the, what? To Who do pay you the give committee. That money? 8 grand to, to what? the committee directly. grand.
2: Shake down. I am so sorry. I am I, you know, this is making my head explode.
1: <laughs> it's really this what is, is this, this thing is, I exist, exist
2: to do? That they shake down people
1: who want. To because they're mean, supposed they come- to be they're supposed to be working to elect Democrats, right? And you get your name on a slate card, which can be important in certain races, not all races. Obviously, plenty of plenty of Democrats have won without getting the endorsement before uh, in the primary. But um, you get your name on a slate card that they send out to all the uh, all the Democrats, all the registered Democrats in the area. Um, you're supposed to also get like basically the power of the committee. If you have hundreds of members that are going to be out the streets saying, "Hey, vote for so and so" because they're our endorsed candidate. Now, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, that's not really." They're not really doing that anymore. They're kind of just like this weird social club that shakes you down for eight thousand dollars <laughs> and then that's goes and votes
2: one. for Donald Trump. I, I, I got <laughs> you know what? I
1: mean, probably. I just this
2: is I you know I'm sorry. I'm so, all I have is no.
1: It's, a it's, it's rage. wild. It's wild. Yeah. And so 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 back to Peduto's thing. Now, my personal thing is that Peduto, uh, if if the rumors are true, it's kind of a double double whammy for him because he, yes. he yes. would not only then – so Gainey and Moreno are both seeking the endorsement. Now, Ganey is definitely the more legitimate candidate and, 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 and the stronger candidate, has union support and has all these other things. And yes, Moreno an is more of a, 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 a grassroots – Right, yeah, right. And oh. Moreno is more of a grassroots conservative Democrat, extremely conservative, obviously, um,
2: He's a Trojan and, horse Trump lover. I mean,
1: wait, right, right,
0: right. Don't even call
2: exactly. him a. De- All you have to do to say you're Democrat is, you know, like uh, check a Registered little thing off. a board. The Democrat. Yeah, I mean, that's no Democrat.
0: <laughs> um,
1: anyway, so for 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 Peduto, if he was doing that, that would be like a, like a double. Like I said, like a double whammy. Like he would, he could potentially take the endorsement away from Ganey, who. It, that yeah. could be valuable to him, right? Because uh, Peduto has okay. been getting a lot of endorsements from unions, from city council, from state reps, from state senators. Like he's been racking them up in his in Wait, his uh, in his Which quest one? for a third term. Peduto has. Peduto has. Oh, okay. He's, he's okay. got. Yeah, he's got the steel workers. He's got. Uh, he's got, got the uh, teachers. A, I
2: saw today. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, yeah. just a lot. I know. Yeah, and so
2: Janey has the SEIU,
1: right? Yeah, well, he has SCIU healthcare, which so is like a, it's split. Oh, okay. but he's got the healthcare, he's got healthcare workers, he's got um, kind of a grass, more of like a little bit of a grassroots, um, lefty, progressive uh, kind of thing. And uh, he's obviously working hard to uh, uh, bring out the black community for him, uh, which could be big. It's like 25% of the city. So, um, and uh, but in, in all that, so, so if Gainey doesn't get the democratic endorsement, it goes to Moreno, right? One, that takes away it from Ganey. Two, that really just perpetuates this idea that the uh you know committee is useless and it's a joke. Is totally it's out an of the It's an absolute
0: and, joke. Right. Right, right. It and you know should and, be blown
1: and, up. And, and right. And Peduto started calling for reform uh when Cass got the endorsement. And you know, I think he's been kind of been at odds. He's also sought the endorsement before. But, uh, you know, uh, he's kind of playing this um, at at odds with it. So it just becomes this this whole thing. So like city politics over this endorsement has become extremely volatile and extremely uh, fun kind of to watch. Well, let's just
2: make (laughs) let's make clear to the to the audience that there are really only two
1: uh,
2: legitimate uh, candidates. Uh, we're talking I about I would here, I would that? I
1: would say the race is yeah the race is probably it's, it's the race is probably Ganey. down to Gainey yep. and Peduto and I'm not sure exactly where Moreno would pull votes from that's the really interesting thing is that I mean he lives he lives in the he lives in the north side um but you know in Brighton Heights um but I don't know if the geography is really going to matter I don't know if he would pull the more blue lives matter vote I would say from the like the south the south hills area um I don't know it's it's like I would think that that would i would think that would probably help Peduto, but I'm also not sure because I don't you're know assuming, where exactly
2: Ryan you know you're yeah. assuming you're assuming that all the voters who go in there like think <laughs> through this like have a do you know <laughs> what i mean you I mean, how naive of me! (laughs) I mean, I you're assuming any of this crap ends up mattering, and and, and I don't know why people vote the way they do. But most people who vote, especially in city and state races,
0: vote blindly. Yeah, I think that's true. I know, and I know that because I do much
1: of the time.
2: And I'm right. actually somebody who's paying more attention probably than ninety percent of the other voters.
1: Right. And I think and I think um I think that is the case a lot of the times. Um that's what's been nice about getting a little bit more exposure for the mayor's race is that it at least it gets it in their conscience a little bit more. Um but also at the same time in these off-year Democratic primaries, the people who vote we usually get about seventeen to nineteen percent uh registered voters turnout uh in these kind of races those are the yeah. most dedicated voters um okay. that like really come out and do those no things. but they're but, also uh, old people they're old people they are that's true <laughs> so that, that's what that's what dedicated i mean i don't think I don't, I don't i don't think race gonna get many votes but um uh <laughs> you know who knows i don't know i get i mean so many things Just like it's hard to predict it's extremely hard to okay, predict and fine. i don't want to predict anything
2: okay no no i wouldn't either I, I want to point out, though, that um, a lot of people who you know, like I talk to, um, every mm-hmm. assume that Bill Peduto is the most loved, uh, you know, mayor ever, and the progressives must love him because he's so progressive for uh, right. a mayor. And 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 I tell them that's not true. The reality is it's, it's progressives who don't like them, and in fact, for that matter, conservatives don't like them.
1: So who right. likes them? Liberals.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't think a liberal is a progressive? See, I oh, call I can, myself a liberal. Uh, yeah, I, can, I do not yeah, call yeah. myself a progressive. I never have. So I'm then, a liberal. Well,
1: so then you must like uh, No, I don't know. I like <laughs>
2: I like Bill. I don't agree yeah, I don't. with a ton of things. Yeah. But he does, you know, I, my bet I, I is I'll be voting for Danny if
1: I have a shot, think, yeah, yeah, I think, yeah. I think it's, I think it's, it's kind of hard, I guess if you did on the spectrum of, of, uh, you know, on the whole spectrum, if you, if you're like the, the the most far left, let's say like the Bernie Sanders left, or, or like the AOC Bernie Sanders wing, those, those, those voters, those supporters in the city probably don't like Bill Peduto that much, um, but how many are those – how many of those are there? I don't know exactly. Um, the, young, the, young the young
2: people do not like him. Young people see him as establishment, and right. uh, you know the whole Black Lives Matter young cohort who got energized and politicized in many ways do right. not like him, and I can see why they don't like him,
1: frankly. That's what's going to be really interesting about this election is it's really going to show now. So there was kind of a decent amount of support that didn't like Peduto when he last ran uh, in what 2017. And it didn't really matter at all, you know, because Peduto got 69 percent of the vote in a three-way race. It was huge landslide, you know, and, yeah. and so it'll be interesting to see how much of that left anti-Peduto establishment grew or 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 is or if
2: they show up it's really loud
1: online it's extremely loud it's extremely loud online and they're constantly yelling about how they don't like him and all those other things and maybe that has been a real grown grass movement against him you know um but it's really hard to say i don't actually know i don't think anyone actually knows i think we all assume that it's like this massive force but it's also just because it's really you know they replied to all of like every single one of his tweets you know and um so so that'll be really interesting to see but but Peduto there's a lot of forces against him there's that force there's the fact that third uh there are there haven't been many uh three term mayors in Pittsburgh history i think Tom Murphy was the last one and he barely squeaked by when he won last you know mm-hmm. and so um I think there is a little bit of mayoral administration exhaustion among the voters. And there's like, we want someone new, we just want a new face, you know? So there's going to be that. Then there's also the fact that, you know, Gainey is African-American and we've never had uh, a person of color as mayor in the city of Pittsburgh. And so his, his win could be historic. And um, whether or not he can get that vote, that idea like that um, out, that, that, that could be a force. But at the same time, the mayor's never really had a real scandal, you know? Um no. and that's something that we really think about. Like uh his handling with the police definitely drew tons of criticism. But I wouldn't I wouldn't I wouldn't describe it as a scandal. It's not a corruption scandal. No. It's no. not uh it, it's not something that's gonna be Absolutely. to that level where you're gonna do yeah. those things. And there's still a decent amount of people in the city of Pittsburgh even that are very pro police. We are in a very pro police area. Yeah? Oh yeah. Um I'll tell you and, who else
2: is gonna vote against Perduto, who hates his guts, and it's yeah. a big, big segment, the anti-bike lane crowd.
1: No, it's it's shrinking, Lynn. Let me have this, okay? <laughs> I feel like it's <laughs> almost gone.
0: It's oh, almost there. Oh, that's full. We're oh, getting close. The, the people It's changed in over my who years. You are
2: finding it harder and harder to live in this city. You can't find a place to park. Whose streets are getting <laughs> narrower and narrower? They can't even. It's not true. Harder. You know
1: it's not that's, true. <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> it's. I will say that I, I, as a cyclist myself, have uh, always been extremely scared <laughs> of that. Um, now I would say Darlinga Harris got like fifteen for thirteen to fourteen percent of the vote. So it's pretty uh-huh. high. That's like the ant- cause her whole her <laughs> whole campaign was anti bike lanes, which is like a joke. Uh but um yeah, and so there's that. But I feel like it's been shrinking a little bit. I've been covering it since I got here and five years ago. And uh I feel like it's shrinking, but I think you're right that, that people who are really upset about bike lanes. Are gonna <laughs> vote against the do uh, I'm hoping that okay, there then. aren't that many of them.
2: Well, I, you'd be surprised. I think. Hey, I want to ask something else. On this ballot, will there be yeah. um, ballot initiatives, state level?
0: Um,
2: or not. Is
1: that? Yeah, I believe the... that. I, be, I believe there is a state. I believe there's a state level ballot to take away um, emergency powers that the governor has. Uh, that I is correct. That that's, on the right. ballot.
2: that's from the Republicans
1: yes. and that needs right. to be and, uh, yeah, destroyed. I think I read a story that was I think I read a story that uh well one Governor Wolf uh um like worded it in a way that like pissed Republicans off and all these things. It's a really to be perfectly honest, a really short sighted uh ballot initiative that like, well, there's a chance, there's a good chance that a Republican governor can win statewide in this state. It's been done many times. Uh oh, yeah. and so that would oh, yeah. that would then also uh hamper any Republicans that would want to use the emergency powers that are given to the executive of, of, of the state. So yeah it's that's a pretty power short.
2: grab by the already power mad and totally incompetent state legislature.
1: And right, which like, isn't guaranteed to but, stay in Republicans' hands forever either. Like, that's another well, thing. So it's like you could have a situation that flip-flops where you have a Republican governor win, and then you have a Democratic-controlled legislator, then they would have the power to say, no, you yeah. can't do that. So, so right, it's right. just like there's already a lot of checks and balances that the state has uh, in terms of okay, legislative so power.
2: A, I'm sorry. There's so many things that I haven't... You know, talking yeah. on the show that I just want to pick your brain about. But I signed some petitions for a ban on uh, no knock warrants. That's not yep, the kind of thing correct. that's going to end up. Is
1: that going to be on this? And then there's also a um, uh,
2: solitary confinement thing.
1: Limit, yeah, basically that uh, like um, a, a, an initiative that would limit the use of solitary confinement in Alabama. Well, my the county understanding is that countywide.
2: Have to t- They've got the names. I mean they've got the sign the they've got enough names. So that'll be on, probably, I think.
1: Well that's good. Yes. Hey, um Lynn, I got another call. Um
2: I could tell something happened. Okay.
1: <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I do. All uh, right. uh, let's, let's,
2: You're a busy guy. Go.
1: <laughs> Thanks, Lynn. Bye.
2: Okay, bye. Um absolutely Ryan, we didn't get to a lot of stuff I wanted to. I wanted to get to the Fetterman uh, Lieutenant Governor candidacy. I want to get to uh, legalizing pot, which is Fetterman's thing. And uh, every state in the union is going to do it before Pennsylvania. I wanted to get to um, the editorial in today's Post-Gazette. Whoa. Just ripping UPMC. I loved it if I I mean for me to love an editorial from the post gazette is a, a rather unusual event to say the least and I don't have it here in front of me I could have written it myself and I have in fact talked uh in the same manner on on the show and it has to do with upmc's outrageous behavior during this pandemic Um, And what I mean by that is it's hoarding a vaccine for every single person in its establishment, which is huge, as we know, for people who work for UPMC who will never encounter the public. And there's tons of them who are not frontline healthcare workers. We're talking thousands and thousands. And UPMC took all of that vaccine. They're still they're still bogarding it. They're still not letting people at it. You know what they're doing now? They've they've given full doses to all of their board members. Let me tell you, a board member doesn't go near a bedpan. A board member doesn't even have to go anywhere near UPMC.
0: They've given it to workers who have nothing to do with actual contact that puts them at risk. And it is an outrage. Part of the reason
2: so many people in this area have struggled to get a vaccination is because the biggest healthcare
0: provider in this area is not doing an ethical job of dispensing it. And that's what the editorial says.
2: It also contrasts UPMC with the Allegheny Health Network, its only real competition. Allegheny Health Network, where I got
0: my stuff. And you know why Allegheny Health Network was able to vaccinate me and a lot of people I know?
2: Because they did not give the vaccine to
0: workers who work for them, but are not frontline, didn't do it. So while UPS of every person who gets a paycheck from them,
2: and they think they got as high as 90% because some said, I don't want it. Allegheny Health Network vaccinated only 60% of their employees, all of whom were deemed to be at a level of risk and consequently
0: a proper arm for a 1A dose. Allegheny Health Network handled this as a good
2: community-oriented healthcare institution would. So all of that other stuff that if it was UPMC at the helm would have gone into the arms of 30-somethings, 20-somethings who happened to get a paycheck from UPMC, AHN, Allegheny Health Network, Allegheny General, West Penn are putting it in the
0: arms of people most at risk. I have called the evil
2: empire for decades, and they just keep on proving it. Disgusting. And so disgusting that even the right-wing Post-Gazette editorial board
0: needed to rant about it.
2: For that matter, there was a letter to the editor a few days ago from a woman who said that she was a UPMC nurse and also had their health care. I mean, total UPMC all down the line, has always thought so highly of them and was writing to say how stunned
0: and disgusted she was by their handling of the pandemic and the vaccinations. I've got a caller. Go ahead, please. Hi, Lynn. I was,
3: hi. I was going to agree with you. I've been outraged by UPMC giving those shots to everyone that worked for them. It's just been in the last two weeks that they pulled it from their employees and said that, from what I heard, that they can no longer get it. But, you know, I've been speaking about this and I've called KDK numerous times and they will not even let me get on the air because Marty Griffin is a UPMC um, so into them. So he won't even put me on to even discuss why they were allowed to do that when there was a shortage. And their employees who are 20, 30 years old have been vaccinated. And I think that is totally unfair. And I'm so glad that someone wrote and is speaking up about it. It, It's just outrageous what they've done and how they are allowed to get away with that. It makes no sense at all.
2: No. No, it's disgusting, and I it, it, they need to be called out. Good for you for trying to, uh, you know, for for Griffin not to let you on the air is an outrage because yeah, you have good. a a point of view he doesn't like. Good God! Um, yeah. No, you know, it's and not you... like it's not like I my recent surgery was at a UPMC hospital. Okay, it was not by a UPMC doctor, because I do tend to try to give all of my business to Allegheny General. That's where my general, because that that is an organization, a hospital organization that still has a sense of what its mission is. UPMC has lost total touch, the administration of it, total touch with what their job is. They're just this big behemoth, amassing more and more and more wealth. Did you see what they made this last year during the pandemic? They doubled the amount of money coming in. Over a billion dollars UPMC made during the pandemic. And it's that turns its back on us, the people who they purport to care about. It yeah. is outrageous. Have
3: you gotten you your next? I you did. Got- I, I I got the first one, and now I'm waiting on the second one, and I just heard last night I might not be able to get the second one because of the shortage. So I'm kind of up in the air right well, now I what they're going to do. A- I think they're going, well, I from what I've been told, my mother-in-law was due to get hers uh, last week. I was scheduled to get mine this week. They called her and told her they were going to go the 42-day route um, because oh, they did so not have it. Yeah. So this is
2: that, uh, yeah, screw up with the with uh, the dosing and this. And but it sounds like, generally speaking, these things are it, it's starting to rec- rectify itself the supply uh, chain. So did you get yours through the health yeah. department?
3: I did. I yes, did. I yes. actually got mine the week when they did that big one over at Shop and Save on in the Hill District. Oh, okay. Um, okay. They, I mean, they were really good in it. It went just smoothly, perfect. Everything was fine. So, I'm I not will, sure what's going to happen.
0: I
2: w- well, I wouldn't worry about it because I. I think that they are doing a, a really good job. They will ensure that you get your second dose in the window. Uh, maybe it'll be a little, you know, broader window than than you had hoped, but you'll get that second dose.
3: Yeah. I hope I'm so. sure. And I hope something could be done about PNC, uh, UPMC. Um, I've just been, I'm, you know, and usually I'll write an article for the paper, and I did not do it, and I'm so glad someone did. Um, yeah. And put it is. in there. Yeah. But thanks so much for talking about that because I've tried right. numerous times to get on KDKA, and they're, he's so into the doctors there because he had cancer and they helped him, and so he's not going to let you say one thing against UPMC. And I'm like, my husband had cancer; he had one of the best doctors there, and I'm still going to speak out when they do something that is exactly not exactly right. right.
2: We're not talking about the doctors. We're talking about the administration,
3: exactly. and he should
2: understand the difference. My exactly. understanding is half the doctors there and much of their staff hate the administration maybe even more than I do.
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I, I, okay. Have a good day. Thanks again.
2: Hey, you too. Bye. Okay. Bye-bye. I hate the call. Bye-bye. Jeez. Uh, And speaking of baddening things, how about those great states of Texas and Mississippi? Huh? That's right. We're just heading toward the finish line, and they are going to try to trip it up. You don't have to wear a mask. You can pack every bar in the state. Can you imagine? And there are all those people. So there will be a spike. There will be another spike just when we thought we were starting to get a handle on this. The only hope is, is that the Biden administration with its uh really impressive increased vaccination availability and uh will will
0: somehow manage to head off what these idiots Republicans
2: are just determined to do, which is kill as many people as they can.
0: Don't get me started.
2: Don't get me started. You you just wonder how somebody, how people can be so
0: wrong at every turn, (laughs) every turn. All right, you can do
2: this, and here's the reason you would do this. All the experts in the field say, "Do this," and then there's this other road. There are no experts in the field who say, "Go there. They say, "Ooh, be careful because you could get you could kill a lot of people going that way, and of course, that's where Governor
0: Abbott of Texas and the Governor of Mississippi say, "Hey, follow me." Un- Believable. Got another caller. Hello. Lynn? Yeah. Hi Lynn. Hello. Hello. Um uh, I'm not sure if
4: Upper St. Clair Hospital is a member of UPMC. But I was listening to I don't to... think it
2: is. I don't think it is.
4: Is it? Well, here's something. Uh, I was listening to your colleague, Chris Moore, over the weekend, and a guy called in, and he went there uh, with his wife, both, you know, eligible, and they told him, your insurance is out of network. We can't accept it, so you can't get the shot. Well, I thought
2: insurance, insurance shouldn't have a damn thing to do with getting these shots.
4: Aren't they free?
2: Yes, they're free.
4: You paid for that research, billions
2: of dollars. It's free. It's free. It has nothing to do with your insurance. I was never asked to show an insurance card. God.
4: Yeah, that's what that, that's what Chris was saying. How could these people say that? And they wouldn't give it to them. They turned them away. Get out of here.
0: Wow. Oh, I'm dear, just, dear, that,
4: dear. That, that's why I wondered if they were UPMC, because that sounds like what they would do.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like UPMC. I don't think they are, but it's an interesting question. Oh. oh, Somebody
4: out there knows.
2: Okay. Hey, thanks for that, I
0: guess. Depressing. Do you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Um, oh, God, guys. What do I got here? Um, uh excuse me oh yeah
2: the dr seuss thing can will you will you allow me a little bit i mean i said that uh so dr seuss uh six of his books by uh you know by the decision of uh doc whoever controls dr seuss that's not even it's beyond the publisher it's maybe the family or something have um said that they will stop uh, any more reprinting of these earlier titles. Um, One is uh, the Mulberry Street one, which I think was his first um, uh, book that we would recognize. Another was a book that I have always loved that nobody else knows called McElligot's Pool. And um, I said that after I was going to um,
0: check it check it out. Do I have another caller? I'll I'll get him in here before I go. Caller, hello. Oh, I'm sorry, Amy. That's the that's the difference between
2: when it pops up on my. Forgive me. And thank you, Margaret. Saint Clair is uh, is an independent hospital. Okay. Uh McEllight's cool. And I said I was gonna go. I couldn't understand for the life of me why that would be one of them that would be considered like, well, we have to stop publication of this. I
0: loved it. And um so I went and got
2: it off my bookshelf. I have tons of Dr. Seuss books and I treasure them. Um and this one is, uh, let's see, the copyright is 1947, okay? Jesus, older than I am. And I reread it <laughs> after I found it. I reread it. And I reread it specifically looking for what would be politically incorrect now, so much so, that it would not be published anymore. So, I mean, this is a, this book I have because there's not gonna be any new ones coming out is more
0: valuable, I guess. Um, And I swear, I'm not sure. I think I
2: know. I think there are two things that I found that, and it's always, um,
0: it's the illustration. But when I finally found one that I thought might be the reason,
2: I really had to ask myself, really? Would this be the reason? <laughs> I can't. I, I, and then there was one that I think was a little more so. But let me explain uh, to you uh, what it is it's about a small boy who's fishing at this little pool. on Mr. McGilligot's farm, and another farmer comes up and says, "Uh, hey, you're never going to find a fish in there. (laughs) Uh, I'll quote Dr. Seuss here. The pool is too small and you might as well know it. When people have junk, here's the place that they throw it. You might catch a boot or you might catch a can. You might catch a bottle. But listen, young man, if you sat for 50 years with your worms and your wishes You'd grow a long beard long before you'd catch fishes. And then the little boy says, yeah, thinks he's got a point probably. But then he, this hope, his hopefulness refuses to say there's no chance he'll ever catch a fish in this little teeny
0: little pool. Um. and the little boy says
2: there might be no fish but again well there might cuz you never can tell what goes on down what goes on down below this pool might be bigger than you or i know and here's the part that just transfixed me as a child this might be a pool like i've read of in books connected to one of those underground brooks and an underground river that starts here and flows right under the pasture. And then, well, who knows? And then he follows this. And the illustrations are wonderful. It goes under the farms and under Mrs. So-and-so doing her laundry and under the people sitting on the porch of the hotel and under this and under that. And then finally, it goes
0: right into the sea. And the illustration shows a fish in the ocean
2: motioning to other fish. (laughs) And a little boy says, you know, some very smart fellow might point out the way to the place where I'm fishing. And that's why I say, if I wait long enough, if I'm patient and cool, who knows what I'll catch in McGilligot's pool. And then the rest of the book unfolds. And it's the illustrations that are so, I might catch a thin fish. I might catch a stout fish. I might catch a shorter, a long, long drawn out fish, any kind, any shape. And so it's one sort of delightful, crazy fish after another. And let me tell you, if you know Dr. Seuss illustrations, I mean, everybody, you know his creatures. I mean, everybody looks a little odd, even the humans, right? So I'm going through it i'm doing fish after fish i'm thinking this can't be it this can't be it this can't be it uh this can't be it on and on i go and and then i i stopped because we got to some fish from the tropics all sunburned and hot might decide to swim up well they might might they not and there's a picture of a guy sitting on a a tropical island and he's got a he's lying down under a palm tree and he's got a kind of sort of sombrero on and a little mustache and a fan and that was the first time I stopped and thought would
0: that be considered bad (laughs) because if it is we've lost our friggin mind
2: I decided no that can't be it so I turned the page and ah now we're now we're in the in the north, and it says some Eskimo fish might might decide to swim down, and maybe it's the Eskimo fish. Maybe is it the use of the word Eskimo? The Eskimo looks no different than anybody else, but the Eskimo fish, their eyes are a little different. Is that? And, and I thought, okay, that's one of them. That's one of the possibilities
0: that got this book killed the Eskimo fish. And
2: I keep going. We do an Australian fish. I don't see any problems there. We do a,
0: uh, we do a
2: this. And
0: then I think I got it.
2: Some rough-necked old lobster, all gristle and muscle, might grab at my bait. Then would I have a tussle? To land one so tough might take two or three hours, but the next might be easy. Turn the page. The kind that likes flowers. So here is a picture of of long eyelash. It looks like a beautiful woman fish and is sprouting uh, rainbow colors of fins coming out and is smelling the wonderful flowers. And I think this is it. The kind that likes flowers. And I'm thinking what he's saying, although as a child I didn't. I just thought he's talking about a fish that likes flowers. I don't know. The kind that likes flowers I think meant gay. Is that what it was? Has to be gay.
0: Who would, what child, what, who would think that it's a friggin' fish that has a little, that more eyelashes and more color? And
2: that's it. I'm sorry, guys. That is it. And
0: on and on and on. We go on and on and on. And the last two lines, oh, the sea is so full of a number of fish. If a
2: fellow is patient, he might get his wish. And that's why I think that I'm not such a fool when I sit here and fish in
0: McGilligate's pool. And this wonderful little book, because one fish,
2: the line is the kind that won't fight and he's got more sort of, color. It's, I guess he meant it to be a gay fish or the fish pictures of the Eskimo fish with the eyes slightly different. What the hell? I'm sorry.
0: I am just saying, what the hell? Let me read this. Oh, I don't have time, but let me read this. I hope Milt you don't mind
2: if I share that first part with you uh with the audience. He wrote me such an amazing email uh he says I couldn't read at all until third grade, and I, we should say milt is is black, okay. I couldn't read it all until third grade. I'm extremely dyslexic. And despite the army of teachers, tutors, ophthalmologists, and therapists, my loving and dutiful parents employed, it went undiagnosed until the summer after second grade. Once the frustrating jumble of serpentine characters began to make sense in my backward brain, it was Dr. Seuss that was my primary roadmap to mastering comprehension of the written word. So for me, in those grade primary school years, Seuss was less a doctor than a magician who helped to unlock this enchanting world of words. Mulberry Street was a favorite. That's also canceled. This words, uh, uh, the words and illustrations were like treasures that I cherish for years. Dr. Seuss became a mythical figure to me representing all that was possible for my challenge, that my challenge mind could accomplish. Even in high school, I quietly held the man and his books in high esteem. I even read those same books from my home library to the kids at the Y camp downtown, where I was a junior counselor during the summer after my sophomore year. In 1985, the Carnegie Museum hosted a Theodore Geisel retrospective. I was so excited to see the actual cells and original prints from which Horton and Sam I Am were published that I convinced my best friend to skip class with me and take the short walk from Central
0: Catholic to the scafe. So you can imagine the tumult of emotion
2: I felt when I rounded the corner into the first room in the exhibit and saw this. And this is a this is a drawing that uh, Geisel did in the 1930s, and it just looks flat out racist. It's a, a, a like an African king with uh, you know they looks like an ape and another African, just flat out. I mean, there's no doubt that is offensive. And he says, ouch, but that was my first lesson in separating the art that one may love from the artist who created it. The retrospective was full of such imagery, but more quickly than I would have thought possible, my shock and dismay gave way to an appreciation of the art some artists must create commercially. So enchantment gave way to fascination. He was working for an oil company when he did that. He did it for an oil company. I still love the guy and what his books did for me. But now I chuckle when I discover something new that I never suspected he'd create. And he goes on. So during during World War II, he worked for the War Department doing trainee films for soldiers and You know, and so the Germans don't look so good, and the Japanese uh, don't
0: look so good. But we're at war, okay? Jeez. I mean, this guy is such a wonderful man. He grew. He grew. In the 1930s and the 1940s, he was, yeah. He was where white America was. But he did more to humanize difference for children than any one I can think of. God. I just despair. I'll just get... um, let me get this in real fast here. Uh,
2: Chris, and then I, I might have to go. I took my wife to PMC Park last Thursday for her first shot. It was very well staffed, very well organized. We were in and out within 40 minutes from the time we parked, stood in line and registered, got the shot, and waited 15 minutes after for any reaction. My sister's a nurse at West Penn and received both shots from eight, AGN. It's a great feeling. Well, that's Allegheny
0: Health Network. Again, it ain't UPMC. So thank you. um, Thanks very
2: much. I appreciate it. I'm sticking with McElligot's pool. I see nothing. And I would think gay people uh, would agree with me that this book is delightful. I If that was the problem,
0: it must have been. Good God. It was 1947. This is the left to cancel shit. And I, boy, it is a gift. It is a gift that keeps on giving. Not to us. Not to anybody, but Republicans.
2: So keep it coming, you easily triggered idiots. I'm in a mood today, aren't I? I better go. I'm starting to call people names. I'm using the F word again, which I pretty much, did you notice, sort of stopped. I was, I've was. i been trying to be good ever since uh, I knew that there was a priest listening. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Enjoy this warm.
0: I'm going to like get the convertible and drive around in a bikini. Okay. See you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m.
1: to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect
0: the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.